Welcome to the Free Bootas Network. Hi, this is Evan Track for the Free Bootas Network. Today we bring you another episode of 40K Radio. But first, a quick message from the head geek himself, Terrace Cassidy. Terrace would like you to know that there's currently an ongoing Indiegogo campaign to help save the home of Gary Gygax, the birthplace of D&D. If you're interested in helping to save the Gygax home, please refer to the Indiegogo campaign link that's available in the show notes. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to 40K Radio. Hello and welcome to episode 80 of 40K Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Alex. With me, as always, is JF. Hello, Matt. And Amy. Hello. And today, we're going to talk about the recent balanced data slate for 40K, the updates to what rules are actually usable in match play, and the Tyranny Codex. But as always, we like to talk about hobby stuff first. Let's start with Amy today. All right. So the problem is, but there's a lot of good stuff coming up. And I, I and for once, it's like a lot of stuff I can't talk about, <laughs> which is awkward. I did finally, um, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this last time or not, but uh, the, the, the friendly Adepticon, we got the theme. And so, I mean, orcs are the perfect army for every theme, but they're like really good for this one. And so I broke down and said, yeah, all right. I mean, I already own like almost all of them, so you know. Uh, so I started working on that, like in record, like the, like make a note, like put it on the calendar. I have started preparing. Yeah, this is super early. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I'm behind already, as is, you know, my want. But uh, yeah, and uh, we are uh, we are working on providing some exciting video content. Uh, which is a new venture for all of us. Um, we're going to put up build videos and, and painting stuff. And I, I don't know, maybe we'll do bow report. We don't know. We, we, we don't know. We're doing all of it uh, and it's going to be fun. And uh, so if you want to follow our brand new YouTube channel, uh, because we do not have enough YouTube clout to make a uh, customized URL yet, uh, you can get to it by going to tiny.cc slash Warhammer Workshop. Um, so that'll be fun. It'll be a lot of 40K stuff, but it won't be exclusively 40K. Uh, so I'm pretty psyched about that. Been working on that quite a bit. Very cool. Yeah, I'm really excited to see that too. Um, who knows what I'll end up on there, but I'm sure it'll be interesting. So you should go yep. follow that link, check it out. And if you follow, if enough of you follow, we'll have that whole... Tiny yeah, URL. we can just change the yeah. change the URL. JF, how about you? Oh well, I mean, if uh, if you guys follow us on the socials, which I hope you do, like uh, if you follow Forty K Radio on on uh, on Twitter or on Facebook, you might have noticed last weekend or three or four weekends ago, whenever this goes up, um, in the past, recent past, uh, I I uh, premiered my Parasite of Motrex. Uh, of Mortrex uh, in a t- game of Tyranids. And obviously, like, everything I've been doing leading up to that was painting the Parasite, oh, as yeah, well I did, as... I did that, too. I forgot. <laughs> you did. And yours yours was... Like... <laughs> mine, mine got noticed, and 
Well, uh, here's the thing. Can, uh, let, let me just go into a little bit of detail. Like, yeah, it <laughs> great. Amy, Amy wanted to do something with her parasite uh, of Mortrax that she's been talking about for literally years, which was to do like it's a galaxy true. type theme on the wings. And, and it, you know, you went for it. It came out really nicely. Like you chose some really good contrasting color for the skin and carapace. And the wings really pop. And everything's good. And then you weren't sure about like how to do the crystal. You say, hey, how how did you do your crystal on on your stuff? And I give you this very long and complicated uh, um, recipe on how to paint some solid crystals. You went, yeah, I got those transparent ones. I'm going to use. And you just <laughs> so good. Nice. <laughs> um, just going to show that sometimes you can and. You can get some really top tier result without having to bend over backwards. Like if you're aiming for high tabletop quality, uh, yeah. So so both of us kind of showcased our our uh, our parasites on on the socials, and yours got a lot more attention because it's a lot more eye catching. Yours is better painted though. Mine is better painted because I have been using a technique that is, and I kid you not roughly 20 years old <laughs> i've been using the same color scheme for my tyranids since i started tyranids and that was my second 40k army after i started tau i have i speaking of which i got i will be getting my hands on some on a couple of figs of my very first tau army they are horrid <laughs> <laughs> And I'm, I'm going to do a little thing like this is going to end up also on, on all our little social medias and probably on the YouTube channel. Um, a little uh, then and now <laughs> just to show what 20 years of painting can do, which is a little bit embarrassing because I see some people do like, oh, this is how I was painting in 2017. And look at me now. And yeah, everybody's like, this is me <laughs> six months ago. And I'm like, shut up. Just like, just could, stop. Could you not like, uh. but again, they're going from starting now with the tools and products available today. When back when I was starting, we didn't have like fancy washes and dedicated highlights and, and, and base colors, which had these are your Citadel paints. And we used to have inks, but we don't anymore. Yeah. I found some of mine. I saw some. Yeah. I found some the other day when I was cleaning up. I found magenta, chestnut, Ooh. and uh, dark green. And you guys got to understand, unlike today where there's like 30 wash colors, there's about five inks, maybe yeah. six. Yeah. I, I remember, like, I used to volunteer for Games Workshop when foundation paints, like the, oh, uh, sure. the granddaddy yep. of what we call base, when those came out. And they sent, they sent us a, a kit so we could do demos with. And that stuff was amazing. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, oh, everybody has one. And <laughs> there's five different companies making decent paints. All the base <laughs> paints are like that. And now they're not just the 10 colors they had back then. Which is not to say that... Uh, that the new paints automatically make you a good painter, but it does take a lot of the roadblocks out of the way. Yeah. And I, I mean, no, exactly. Like you still need to put in the work and I'm not discrediting, uh, I'm not discrediting the results of people working on their painting and getting better. I'm just saying that maybe in an alternate dimension, when I have those tools, I get from point A to point B in three years instead of 20. Yeah. I'm making excuses for myself. Yeah. I well <laughs> back then we didn't have fancy things like YouTube, right? Where you could watch 
20 hours of somebody doing yeah. layering to see how, how, how to do it. And we used to have to read the articles in White Dwarf and, and watch them just say, apply this highlight, apply this, it you know, apply this base, the rest of the this highlight, the this highlight, fantastic yeah. looking miniature. No, it's like, like Andy says, like, it's very much like how to draw an owl, draw a circle, uh, draw in some eyes there and Finish then the detail. yeah, add details. It's like, I'm, there's this like steps missing. Uh, yeah, no back then. I remember, I remember very clearly buying from, I think it was Gen Con 2004, a book on miniature painting, like the very first book that came out and like with, uh, I don't know, some, like some some top tier painters that work on that book. And, but again, like even the book for all the cute pictures it had, like the, the instructions and the descriptions were terrible. It was very, yeah, it was very sure. badly written. <laughs> it, was, it makes for a cool coffee table book, but as far yeah. as helping you improve your painting, it was absolute trash. Are you talking about those old Jenny Haley videos, Amy? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yep. Here's how to paint. It was not cheap either. No, it was like 40 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we won one of those in a team tournament thing. Um, yeah, I think so because uh, we 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 made fun of it because it was basically uh, basics of painting from Jen Haley or something like that. It's like our reward for painting well is instructions <laughs> on yeah. how to paint well. And like, not I like, don't not know, like and like basic instructions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It was like, hey, here, here's how to bring it to the next level. It's like, no, this is the first level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. I've also been uh, badly assisting Amy in getting um... – did, did you give the name of the YouTube channel? It's uh, it's Warhammer Workshop. Yeah, so basically helping Amy where I can, uh, setting up Warhammer Workshop and starting to sort of compile and build a few videos that will come out. Uh, might, one of them might be out by the time this episode is released, so maybe you'll you'll actually have something to watch. And bear in mind, I I do not have professional uh, no, video equipment. No, we are very equipment. new at this. Yeah, and uh, so so we're figuring out as we go along, but hopefully the, the content will still be somewhat compelling enough. Um, I'm trying to keep the videos somewhat short so that the quality doesn't have time to sink in. <laughs> <laughs> Just go and go. Oh, this is interesting about figs, but you don't have to really analyze like the uh, the lighting and the quality of the uh, the, the shots, because that's something that'll come later as we get more comfortable. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Uh so I have also been working on some things I can't talk about, but <laughs> I've also uh, been doing some some small conversions for my Nurgle Age of Sigmar army. I think that's in my hobby new year. The first thing I want to do is is paint the first full army I want to get painted up is, is uh, my Age of Sigmar army because it's been picking up a lot of speed and play locally. So, oh, nice. uh, you know, probably just, it's Nurgle, so contrast with some highlights should work. Shouldn't take too long, but. I get way too into painting Nurgle. Oh, yeah. Like, you start painting pustules and, and it's like, just well, like. No, you just slap some stuff on it. Like my, the, the recipe I use for my pox walkers. It's like six different washes oh that's what i did for for um for plague bears i took like 10 different you know slightly different colors of washes and just you know washed them on them went back over and spent like another three hours doing highlights like that's gonna be easy never (laughs) every time i think i've got like an easy recipe to get something quickly done very quickly i get 
stuck like in the details. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, no, I sh- sure as hell got those um, those quig mounts skin done quickly and those orc skins done quickly. Let me uh, let me start painting the leather on all the straps and this is that that's where everything slows down to a crawl anyways. Yeah. There's just no escaping it. I spend a lot of time. I've realized this. I'm trying to get better about it. Painting things nobody will ever see. Yeah, but that's, <laughs> especially, I mean, especially that's from bread Especially from sub-assemblies, though, because, you know, all right, I get this all apart. I'm going to yep. paint it up and put it together. Then when I get put it together, like, oh, that uh, black and white cabling on the Titan that I just painted, when I put this plate on, it's, you can't even see it anymore. I'm so glad I... JF about the floor of the, the buggy that he... <laughs> Oh, for sure. So, or yeah, his, for, for or his, his lovingly placed, uh, his lovingly placed transfers. Yeah, yeah. There, there are two things about that. So on uh, on the Wazdeka something jet. Yeah. <laughs> one of the buggies. Um, so I painted like in just a million sub assemblies, and I put decals so that I could because one of the things I do with decals, I kind of blend them back in by adding some shades with airbrush. So I put my decals relatively early in the process, and I put the decals, and then I'm I'm dry fitting a gun that goes on top of the canopy, which was supposed to be next to the decal, but it's got this trail of rockets on a belt that goes uh. right over the decals. I go, well, <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> and then there's this other buggy that has all the, these uh, these kind of beer cans and bottles on the floor. And knowing full well that I, I did not have time to do dumb, <laughs> dumb details, um, and that no one would ever see these things because once you assemble the buggy, that floor becomes completely 100% invisible. I decided that it would be cool to paint the cans as Perrier cans, which is the parody thing from Spaceballs. Yeah. So it, <laughs> And I, but I couldn't help myself. Like it's a dumb thing, so I had to do it. <laughs> it's like when I painted my, you know, when that new Rhino came out, the first, the latest uh, model of the Rhino with a fully detailed interior, and I painted the first one, paint it all up, and then put it together, and can't even, can't even see it. I mean, if I try to okay. flashlight it, I can see it. But <laughs> so I saw a cool thing. Um, somebody did for pictures where they took, you know, like the cargo container terrain pieces. Yeah. Um, they left the top unglued. So that they could put models inside the the nicely painted container with a light coming from the top for photographs, and it looked oh, really cool. good. And I was like, "Well, I guess I'm stealing that idea. It is <laughs> quite good." I've been looking for an excuse to buy one of these things for a while, so I guess here we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, so um, the first thing we got from UW recently was the balanced data slate coming shortly on the heels. Of Adepticon. Where... So here's the best part, right? Because yeah. was it three of the top four uh, in the championship were Harlequins, right? Oh, yeah. They were They and were a so little crazy. Every post that, that GW made was talking about, like, a fear of clowns or, yeah. <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. It was so good. Their approach to social media is, uh, is delightful. It really oh. is. Oh wait, let, let's stop. Hold on. The, we let's not. I realize we didn't talk about this yet. The big, the best April Fool's Day misdirect ever. Oh. Oh wait, yeah. we did not. No. <laughs> you may be correct. This may be something we need to uh, at least bring up briefly. Like did we really not talk about it. No, we didn't. 
because our last one was the uh, was the week before with the uh, the wrap up for DevCon. So that right. was the best April Fool's misdirect ever, right? We get a video showing like, oh, you know, they're back, squats are back, and then I was like, oh, great, haha, and and not JF. You remember the previews? I don't ask about squats. We have no idea they're not coming back. Mm-hmm. They were very clear about that. Two Which weeks later, should have been a, <laughs> yeah, have been a big red flag, flag, right? Um, two weeks later, we get the 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 little uh, video for April Fool's Day, a nice little animated video, and then the next day, like uh, we weren't kidding, guys. I mean, they're not called squats anymore, but they're coming back. So good. And what they're the legion of uh, pack about them too. The yeah. legions of Voron, I think. Yeah. Uh, we've only seen one model so far, but it does look pretty cool. We've seen some silhouettes of other models. Yes, so it's, yes. Uh, it's all good. Looks like um, they're not – well, I mean, they, they they used to be like bikers, right? But they definitely have a more high-tech look now, well, which, which makes Here's sense. the thing. like, We only saw one fig. Yeah. True. There's no telling if there won't be different subcultures in oh, the yeah. different units. Yep. And some of them might be bikers. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there were bikes, but they, you know, the old squat models leaned heavily into that motif with like leather jackets and, and sunglasses and stuff. It would be cool if they still did that, but um, I mean, you're you're, you're absolutely right. But one of the things to remember also is that we we've already had squats in Necromunda. Oh yeah, for sure. They do borrow a bit more from the old squats, so. Yeah. This might be something that we do see in some, like the, the quilted armor is something that the, the Necrum, one of the Necromunda squats has. So we may be seeing that in some units and some models once we do get. And we might, maybe maybe it's just a character that we'll get. This will be like this one dude that looks like <laughs> an old style biker because like that's his thing. Or maybe the units of bikers just lean into that aesthetic in particular. Yep. It's... We know very little. We've seen silhouettes. One of them looks like has a pickaxe. We know that they're probably going to lean into the mining thing, which is interesting if you want to do some uh, versus Gene Steeler cult mm. things. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, maybe that's why they took away the drill. Oh. Hmm. If that means that the drill becomes like more of a universal piece of scenery, I'm mm. I'm down for it. Like, I'm, I'm happy. But that's, And that's another thing, because here's... Like talking about aesthetics, like one of there's two things that people sort of notice. One of the things that people notice is that the gun that the dude is um, is is wielding has just a tiny piece that looks very much like the plasma, like a, a similar piece from not the plasma, but the iron rifles for the Tau. Yeah. Mm. But someone dug deep enough to find a quote that says that. The Tau learned their iron technology from the Demiurge, Ooh, the mining, nice. the diminutive mining race mm -hmm. that they ally with sometimes. And because Games Workshop has been doing this thing where every faction has six sub-factions, how – I mean it's, it's almost guaranteed that one of these sub-factions are the ones that ally with the, with the Tau, the Tau, right? I mean, yep. I mean it's not that's not crazy, is it? No, not at all. So all of that is super exciting. And the other thing that's interesting is that they do make it that the, this is a split ab-human faction. Like, they split from the Imperium, yeah. but they were Imperium. So 
there's a good chance that a lot of their uh, their technology is going to be borrowed from the Imperium, which means that we might see some some of their their tech because they're using mining tech. Some of their tech might be aesthetically similar to Gene Seer cult tech, right? Because sure. they too borrow from the Imperium. It's more of a steal, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. But I love how this kind of can all tie in. It's it's very exciting. I, I I'm not gonna collect them, but I will paint a few. Uh, I just like that they're back. I like yeah. how they're back. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm happy about it. This is fun. That this this means they are delving into this some of the old stuff that we want them to bring back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I you know just it's been a while since 40k had a new faction i guess you could say sisters of battle got a line redo but it really wasn't a new new faction um, yeah squads haven't been around since they didn't even have a second edition codex so really rogue trader um so it'll be exciting to see where this heads again we've only seen the, the one model from silhouettes we have no idea if this guy is a troop a character an elite who knows but i assume I'm gonna, this is going to be a yeah, it could be a probably uh, Q4 release, maybe Q1 next year. Would be a good uh, holiday release for him. I, I think early Q4, so yeah. that late Q4 can still be the uh, the typical yes, the bundles boxes. that we love so much. A nice Leagues of Votan battle box for the mm-hmm. Christmas season. See, I don't think so because they never do that. No, yeah, they always they wait till the next year. Because well, they will, say, they'll put out an army box when they put yeah. When they put them out. And so, yeah. Pretty exciting, though, to see uh, a new faction come out. And uh, we'll keep a close eye on that. But back to the balanced data slate, which we were talking about anyway. So, um, got, a, got a couple of universal rules. First, the armor of contempt, right? So, really, anybody wearing power armor in Space Marines or Chaos Space Marines or Sisters of Battle... Reduce the armor penetration of an attack by one all the time. Mm-hmm. Unless they have a, a shield or uh, are benefiting from a different rule that uh, reduces armor penetration value. So um, there's a few out there. But in general, you're, you're, all your power guys are going to be at the armor penetration characteristic reduced by one, which is actually a pretty big deal, which, as they said, should help those units be a little more survivable. Well, here, here's what I think is kind of a, a little, it's a little weird, right? So, at first, they made Space Marines two wounds, mm-hmm. so that they'd be more Space Marines, like be more heroic. And then a bunch of basic weapons went from one damage to two damage, so that it, they could be balanced when trying to kill Space Marines. Yeah. And now they're introducing a rule that reduces armor penetration on, you know, units that have power armor, mostly space marines, so that they can be resilient again. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if this yo-yo thing is really the best approach for it. I, I'm wondering if they should just sit down and say, all right, how do we make this just work instead of, you know, doing the tug of war with rules? Yeah, I think you know if if you look at all the recent codexes that came out, there's a lot of a lot of AP three stuff, which definitely 
I think they overreacted right when they said, okay, we're going to toughen up other stuff to make Space Marines still easier to kill. Um, I think they probably looked at it and said they went over it, you know, maybe a little too much. And then when they're trying to figure out what's the best way to fix that, rather than go back and change all the weapons, just do this rule. Um, it might not even stick, right? In six months, they could say, oh, that's too much, so never mind. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. That's great. It's, at least they're trying, right? Better than yep. it was years ago, as we discussed before. <laughs> Good luck. Um, no, no, definitely. I don't. I don't want yeah. them to say, "Well, this is how it is, and we're going to have to wait until you know the next edition to fix it, or God forbid, yet another codex." Um, I'm, I'm glad they're doing something to fix it. It's just I, it, it feels like they don't. They're not sure where they want Space Marines yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly how tough they want them to be, right? Yeah. It's, which is fine. It's fine. It's just could be better. Could. <laughs> Could be a smoother transition. Yeah. Right? Oh, for sure. I mean, my scissors appreciate it though. They don't mind the extra this one. I guess that's the other thing. Like, I mean, it it does also mean that other um, other armies that benefits from uh, from uh, from power armor also benefit from this. So it's not it's not that big a deal. Then with aircraft. Um... Did they? Did they? Re- this is the same as before. Or did they reduce? I think it? that's the same. Yeah, I think it's the same one, right? One per one at a thousand points, two at two thousand, three at over two thousand, which uh, was a result of the twelve orc aircraft army list that were out there. To be, I mean, you, it, it'd be fun to see though. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, sure. I guess that's just and you can, you can <laughs> open play whatever you want, right? This is just match play stuff. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you guys can clarify something for me because I'm not sure whether I'm I'm not understanding the rule correctly or it, it, do I have do I have reason to uh, be a little annoyed at the rule? So I play Tau, and one of my potential aircrafts, one that I uh, that I own a few, is the Tau Stealth Drone Fighter, and I am. Not sure I'm really thrilled at the idea that I can only have one stealth drone fighter, even though the unit should be allowed to have four. Because on their own, they are not great. Hmm. So is it, do I get a unit of fire? Because it says one aircraft. Right, it says one aircraft model. That is a so, good question. That might be a, that might be a, might send be a, him a message. Yeah. Yeah, I might have to do that. Cause... Is that a is that a Forge World thing or a? It's a Forge World thing, oh, so care. it's probably at the very bottom of their priorities. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, who knows when we're gonna see another Forge World update? But they could say, oh, you know, the, a unit counts as one, because not not yeah. too many aircraft actually come in units, right? I think that might be the Tau stuff might be the only ones that do. Um, do you guys remember when Valkyries came in units of three? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, this next one's interesting. So with the coming of the Tau Codex, we saw a lot more indirect fire, uh, which a lot of people whined about. So uh, now you get minus one to hit and minus one to um, any AP. So, uh, or sorry, I should say plus one to your armor saving throws, which is different than minus one AP. Um, unless your astral charm. Nice that they gave them that exception because they kind of... That's their thing. Yeah, they count on that quite a bit. And, I mean, it's a good stopgap 
to balance out the uh, the codex creep. Yeah. Until they get their next code, their new codex, which I'm assuming it shouldn't be too far off. So. Yeah, they're they're kind of running out of. of they're on the short list so. of ones they haven't done yet. So. Yeah, sure. It's a very short list. It is a very short list now. There was I. There was a thing at the bottom of. I want to say it was one of the articles about the Chaos Knights that was talking about like all the you know lots of stuff for for chaos coming and i'm like looking at the at the rules list you know that we're going to talk about in a minute here and uh i'm like yeah no that's because there's most of everything they've got left yeah yeah right (laughs) uh the bodyguard abilities were changed so uh makes it you know um just so you can now use the the lookout server rule rather than what it used to be, which was able to be a little bit abused, right? You could have a unit of the, the Celestian Sacrosons behind a building, totally out of line of sight, behind a character, and that you couldn't shoot the character. Um, also, same thing in, in melee combat, right? If if they were in, in melee combat as well, you could attack the character, you had to attack the bodyguard. They've just changed it so it doesn't count in close combat, and it works just like the uh, lookout sir rule. They get to use that even if the unit has less than three models. Yeah. So I think this is a good change. Um, definitely makes sense. Balances things out a little better. Um, and definitely needed. And they also, luckily, for everybody out there who might have had a question, listed all the bodyguard abilities, which is good. Yes. There's a bunch. I didn't realize there were that many. I mean, that's mostly because I'm bad, but <laughs> it was just like, oh, yeah, no, that's, that's quite a few. I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat, so. Yeah. <laughs> then we get into the army-specific updates. So um, Sisters of Battle get more Miracle Dice, which is great. They get one at the beginning of each turn rather than just the beginning of the battle round. And the... Valorous Heart, who used to get minus one AP, now their opponents cannot re-roll the wound rolls, which That's apparently, insane. according to the internet, invalidates Valorous Heart. So, uh, let's move on. Well, I mean, they already gave them minus one. I mean, I uh, I mean they got like, an extra ability, right? Yeah, <laughs> they were like, "Here, have one more. Please enjoy." Um. <laughs> Then uh, they also they list a lot of the the stuff that was there previously, right? Just all in one concise document. Um, the Blight Lord Terminators and Death Guard Terminators for Death Guard now have objects secured, which a lot of players were happy about because mm-hmm. um, you know they they do kind of Plague Marines aren't quote unquote good. Uh, they're they're okay, but you know you really want to lean on the awesome. Uh, Light Lord and Death Shroud Terminators. Now they have objects secured. It makes them even more viable. Which so I I, I was looking at a, a lot of uh, a lot of people that were were doing some complaining about. I mean you know how they are. What? And uh, I know, but so like a lot of the complaints from are are because people don't play the objectives. Like a lot of the complaints are like, yes, if we set our armies up across from each other and just shoot, like yes, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> But if you just yeah, I mean that's a problem. Objectives. Like in most war games, right? It's like I, I can't kill stuff fast enough. You don't like, have to. I, I kill my opponent's army and I still lose. Like yeah, because you're not. Yeah, because you didn't play the game. Long gone is the day of line up your armies and shoot. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, objectives. Yeah, this is not the Revolutionary War. We're not. 
We're not going to line up all knights across from each other and then just shoot. And I believe this is new, but a whole bunch of Necrons got core added to there. Um, yeah, a whole bunch of them. It's like a bunch of them, right? All your your destroyers, um, the Tri-Praetorians, a whole bunch of stuff. So even more more objectives Blade secured ones, for them. Yep. Wraiths. <laughs> I think a it's lot. crazy. And as expected, the price on Void Weavers and Star Weavers went up a little bit. Um, so sorry for all your the twelve Star Weavers you bought or Void Weavers you bought. Um, maybe sell a few then. <laughs> well, uh... I mean, some people are angry about that, and people who want cheap Void Weavers to replace yeah, they're are very happy. really happy. Very happy about it, yeah. So you know, everybody. Yeah. Uh, but he wins, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, we've 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 been through this. Like chasing the meta is a good way of having to recycle your army all the time. Yeah. Like we obsessively make new armies because we have like black dress syndrome where we can't <laughs> we can't take this we can't wear the same army to the same event again to next year's event. How could yeah. we? It's uh, but we don't we're, we don't care how they play. I mean, we do, but only. I in care. A... I care how they play as long as they're fun. Right. And, and I, that's the thing. Like last weekend, before we recorded this, I was kind of reminded that this game in the proper beer and pretzel setting can be so much fun. So much. Fun. Oh, for sure. And uh, the Harlequins, their pivotal role, mirror architect got changed, which used to be everything within range six. Uh, count as an additional six inches away. Now it's just you pick a unit, which is you know again another another balance thing. Yeah, which isn't bad at all. I don't mind. But I, <laughs> in our local store chat, I, I said oh, I didn't even get to play my Harlequins and they were broken. I totally missed it. <laughs> but, they were good for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the two tournaments that happened between the Codex came out and now they they really dominated. But. Um, that is the balanced data slate in a nutshell. We also got a new document today telling you with all the books and supplements that you have purchased over the last two years, which ones you can actually use. Which I, I support this. Oh, for sure. Like, well, it's been one of my com complaints for the absolute longest time how getting like you get a new army and knowing where your rules at is an absolute nightmare sometimes because there's so much that are campaign books and some are in the codex some are in a white dwarf it it becomes a nightmare this this is a very very small step in the right direction i feel because you still need to do the footwork of gathering all those rules but and I know I'm probably going to go against the grain by saying this, but I was extremely happy to see a lot of red X's. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I mean, and, you know, it's it's one of those things that um, they have to do at some point, right? It's just, if you want a quick high-level summary of this, of what this is, if they have a new codex, you can't use their stuff from Psychic Awakening. That's pretty yeah. much covers most of it. Yeah. And there's some... Uh, some of the newer Tyranid stuff, which admittedly did need to be changed, right? Because they, a lot of the stuff that was in like the Crusher Stampede ended up in the army book under a different name. So if you kept Crusher Stampede, you could drop like 
you know, three or whatever it is, three or four CP and do like two D6 mortal wounds when you charge instead of just one. Yeah. Right. So they had a lot of duplicate stuff in there. No, it it's good. And I mean, and I mean, it's not like those books have no value because there's no, other there's, stuff in them. Yeah. There's campaigns, um, tons of, uh, fluff, you know, especially the psychic waiting stuff, right? That was the lead up to ninth edition. So there's a whole bunch yeah. of fluff stuff in there. Hey, they're thick with fluff. I, I, just, I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things like a lot of people worry about like, oh, they, they can't stop put like they can't give us rules for free because then they couldn't sell codexes i i don't think so like we buy this a lot for the fluff and none of those old rules were free anyway you had to buy them like you know and and like i said it's just mostly if you have a new codex which contains all your rules or you're a ninth edition Warzone book yep then you're fine otherwise you know it's it's pretty much it's all the eighth edition stuff and a little bit of the new tier stuff that got knocked out which is interesting with the Tyranid stuff. I wonder if it was sort of um, a stop gap for them um, with the delays in production, right? Probably. I, th- I think it's kind of maybe a mix. like Because one thing that must be very interesting about developing rules is that you're all – like people will jump – all over themselves to try to claim that the games workshop is not playtesting well enough. But if you're, if you're doing the numbers correctly, I know that they, now they're using the community more to do their playtesting. But even if they're doing it like, oh, we have a thousand playtesters, 2,000 playtesters across the world, and we send them these codexes a month in advance so that they can have a look at it and, and give us some feedback. Um, it's that's still like paltry numbers compared to the entire community. It's it's a yeah. drop in the bucket. Like it's just it's a suggestion of a rounding error. So the idea that they they might be once in a while putting out some rules just to test the waters and see, all right, well, how does this stick? How does this work? If we put this in a campaign book, um, should it go into the codex next? Right. Isn't completely out of line. It's something I would do. Oh, for sure. Like it's basically like a, a rules version of A/B testing for marketing. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about this, and here's wild speculation time. If you mm. look at the Psychic Awakening faction updates, all of them say valid until 2023 unless superseded by a codex, except huh. for Heretic Astartes. They don't have that um, disclaimer above their listing for the Psychic Awakening Faith and Fury book. Huh. Oh, indeed. How do we feel about that? I feel like it it might it might just be a mistake. Is it though? Is it? Yeah, who I mean, it, it again, it could be an error, it could be that, you know, I mean, we already we already We already know, know they're getting a codex, so But is it going to be this year, right? Cuz we know Chaos Knights and Imperial Knights are this year. We were just speculating It's only about April. Astra Militarum. And then Chaos Demons and, I mean, Agents of the Imperium will never get its own codex, so yeah. don't worry about that. Um, Creations of Bile, there could be, yeah, he would be in the, in well, the maybe there's a I mean, separate, who knows? Uh, who knows? He could uh, be one of the uh, campaign books, right? Definitely. He could be in the codex. He could yeah. be in a codex. We'll let, we'll let everybody, all you guys out there, speculate about what that really means. Probably not. But <laughs> probably nothing. <laughs> um, 
yeah so uh, again this is something that was needed right it was especially i mean they you know when ninth eighth edition first card that had that horrible flow chart right is it in the codex no is it in the index yes use the index like you know and or people are always asking you know uh, you saw a bunch of questions when the tyranid codex was announced like is this still going to be good is this still going to be good now you've got your answer yep and really for the stuff they cut off most of the units that were in there are and the special rules translated to the codex anyway right. so Speaking of codexes, the Tyranid Codex is on the streets. Jeff being our Tyranid oh, expert, sheet, having man. played a game. <laughs> so, so you, took, you took your Tyranids out for a spin, Jeff. I took my Tyranids out for a spin. So my my goal was I uh, I summoned the gang, and by that I mean uh, to my brother and one of my friends, to uh, to play against me. The original plan was just, hey, we should play some games. I said, we could play 40K, and I could play my uh, my Parasite of Mortrex, of which I only have this one fig, and I really want to try it out to see how it works. Knowing full well that it would not do very well, because that's how new models perform. But I, I also wanted to do, like, for Tyranids is probably the army I have the most painted models for. It's... It's one of those armies that I have a lot of love for. I have 90 Hormagons. I have 20 Thermagons. I have troops. I think I have 50 Gene Stealers. So getting them on the table to, uh, to, get, to, 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 to get, give them a spin and try out the Codex is some, it, like, it's the first time I can do that comfortably and reliably since I for at least a year like we we've been seeing those new codexes and for the most part since uh i think i'm gonna say the admech one i haven't been able to just grab a new codex and you know get down and dirty with it yeah so my goal was to try the parasite mortrex he did a wound and then died oh <laughs> i was gonna say how many how many Ripper Swarms did he make? But I guess none. He made none. Um, he no, he made more than one wound. But he he got some wounds in the when I did the roll for his special implantation attack, like his a uh, barbed ovipositor, which is the worst combination of words <laughs> in the world. It's like none of that is pleasant. None of it's good. Oh no no, like ovipositors on their own are kind of creepy, but barbed. <laughs> So especially considering that uh, Turnus have a have a propensity towards having acid things, <laughs> I can't imagine none of any of this not being caustic. So uh, he like the one attack he did not succeed in in causing a wound with was the one with the barbed ovipositor, which is what procs the oh. the uh, the rippers to uh, the, the the actual infestation. So it didn't work out, and my friend made it very clear early on that he wanted to kill the parasite because it's my new model and he wanted to make me sad. But joke's on him, I'm always sad. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that that's a good friend when they know to kill your new model. It's, listen, um, it, there, there is always a, a background noise of toxicity in the 40K, <laughs> the 40K <laughs> community, and the one where it's just friends taking the piss out of friends is where I'm, I'm okay with. I'm comfortable with that. Sure. Like a bit of posturing, a bit of mocking, yeah. having fun. <laughs> it, it's all part of the uh, – that, that, as far as I'm concerned, that's part of the game. Like 
if he kills my Parasite of Mortrex, it's it's bad for content for the show because I can't come back and talk about how the rules actually worked in the game. But it's not like the model gets destroyed and I can't play it anymore. Like I'll, I'll bring it back next time. Not the meat grinder. It's not the meat grinder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not an Iron Man type game, which is something I've always wanted to participate in. I just don't want to hurt my armies anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's... The one thing it did make me realize is that having maybe more than a single parasite wouldn't be a bad thing. Mm. Uh, finishing painting some gargoyles wouldn't be a bad thing. Because he was moving around, but being a character is still being very protected. But he's moving around with Gaunts and with very comparatively slow things. Gaunts are super fast, but not... You know, parasite not flappy fast. boy fast. Yeah, right. not flappy boy fast. So having having his own retinue of flappy boys wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing in the world. Having more than one of them means I would get more chances of getting the implantation to work because that's just one attack. Like in his in in the melee phase, in the fight phase, he only gets one of those attacks, and if it doesn't, if it whiffs, it whiffs. Yeah. And it's he's not the toughest dude in close combat. Like he's minus one to hit because of shadow something something. Um, but he's not like he doesn't have a three plus invulnerable. He doesn't have toughness eight. Like he's he's not what you would probably expect from a shadow hunter. That's rule. It, it, he doesn't have uh, space marine character type rules, if you will. He's right. he's very much a, a little little fleshy uh, tyranid. So having a couple would be probably fun. He's it's a f- super fun. Uh, fake to paint so as a far as models are concerned so it. fun oh, I, I had a good time with it like the the details and this kind of shows us where they could push tyranid modeling in the future because there's a lot more detail in that model for its size compared yeah. to say tyranid warriors or or any of the troop choices so it's it's looking bright if they ever do want to redo some of these things or or give us some plastic lictors or something. Yeah, I mean, because that was the big surprise when we got it, right? Was just like from the pictures, I thought it was going to be way bigger. That's a funny thing. Like I I was showing pictures. Uh, maybe I was breaking my NDA, but I was I was kind of showing pictures to to my brother who had not seen like the box. But I just saw him. Hey, I got a Parasite Mortrex. I'm going to paint it for for this game in in a couple of weeks that we're doing. And he was like, Are you going to have time? It's like, dude, it's like it's it's a like forty a millimeter. Bag. Hey, it's a little tiny dude. Like but he little... he also thought it was gonna it was gonna be a like on a sixty millimeter kind yeah. of hive tyrant sized dude but no he's a he's he's a tiny little guy one thing he does do that's interesting um that even if he doesn't get into a fight and do stuff he is synapse Hmm. and so he can you he can be used as a very quick relay to place in in places like he's tiny so you can hide him behind things he's a he's a character so he's hard to target you can put him you can put him in a, a meat shield of other gods so, like, as far as mobile, relatively cheap synapse relays, he's not a bad choice. He's pretty yeah. cool for that. Like, Especially I assume... if you need to like fill in a gap of something that got that got yeah, caught. No, exactly. And and because you can project some of your abilities, some of the uh, the hive abilities through synapse links, that's it's it's nice to be able to keep that chain going. Yeah. And I, I didn't have any Tyranid Warriors, but I, I'm assuming having a unit of Tyranid Warriors would even further bolster that. 
and and that's that's interesting. Uh, what's not interesting is <laughs> the sheer amount of rules I had to contend with with mm. a new codex mm. made it very difficult to capitalize on everything. Uh, for example, the those those hive abilities I'm talking about, I I really I never found a good place to use one. Hmm. Um, they they were all neat, but I was so concentrated on trying to get my uh, to 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 use my my command points properly and my stratagem properly that when it came to using the slightly more complex well not complex but just the, the new rules of having these synaptic link abilities i just I, I i never found a good place to put them that's too bad uh, i'm sure you know as but as you play more you'll you'll be able to find a good place to use them uh, what did you have in your army so you had the parasite some gaunt sounds like so let me just pull up my list real quick so I had a flying hive tyrant because I have two of those models, and yep. uh, because we we're playing pay, playing with power levels, it was yeah. easy for me to submit a list that just said hived winged hive tyrant and brood lord for my HQs. And as, as I was packing my bags that morning, just decide on which hive tyrant I wanted to bring. <laughs> I opted for my Forge World model because it, it's got a venom cannon, and for the first time, and I can't tell you how many additions the Venom Cannon is actually worthwhile. Right. <laughs> I had two units of 30 Hormagons, one of them with uh, Adrenal Glands, one of them with Toxin Sacks, and I had a unit of 20 Hormagons, no bonuses. I had a unit of 10 Gene Stealers because I figured if I have Broodlord, might as well have the Gene Stealers. Gene right. Stealers have some of the weirdest um, deployment rules because yeah. they can... Now you can put a node, like the little infestation node that used to be part of the deployment. Now, G-Search can basically infiltrate a cord if you refer to the old rules, where they, you can deploy them anywhere uh, nine inches away from the enemy, mo any, any enemy models or enemy deployment zone. And as you do so, you can put down a uh, one of those infestation markers. And then when they're close to the infestation markers, you can regenerate models, which is neat. Nice. I had a Toxicrine because it's one of my coolest models. <laughs> I love the Toxicrine. <laughs> it's so frustrating to play with because it's, it, the, the footprint on that thing is absolutely yeah, huge, ludicrous. <laughs> it's absurd. It's so absurd. Um, but it's it's also like like not the greatest thing in combat. It moves. It's got a lot of wounds, but like everything it does is damage one. Yeah. The fun thing is that it wounds on 2+, plus because everything's super poisonous. But every time I kept forgetting, so I would go through the entire sequence vocally, like, asking, so what's this unit's toughness? Okay, my strength is, oh, never mind, <laughs> I wound on 2+, plus and just wasted a tremendous of time, amount of time and mental effort just going through a useless sequence, but I'll get used to it. Um, it, it does have, like, the whole hypertoxic miasma that I kept forgetting about, but when I did remember it, like, it's it kicks ass. I had a unit of six Venomthropes, which I've owned these Venomthropes for a while. I love Venomthropes. <laughs> I love how they have this, this spore cloud, and I've never been able to use it properly. But now that I have a unit of six of them, I can make a line behind my advancing forces and they move you know fairly quickly like their movement eight so they can kind of keep up and just project that minus one to hit on the the whole battle line in front of them and that 
Oh, it's glorious. It's so much fun. Uh, fast attack, I had the Parasite of Mortrex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had my cool model that everybody wanted to kill. Uh, I had a Carnifex. And I had a Carnifex with basically just a bunch of devourers because that just shoots a lot. And yeah. he got absolutely bullied oh. on on the sec, uh, first turn, second turn. He just got vaporized before he could do anything. <laughs> and then I had a Tyrannocyte, which we assumed is a dedicated transport, even though there is an error in the codex. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Workshop, That's how dare you make mistakes? But that that's one that I feel like mm, like uh, I'm, I'm not gonna say oh someone should get fired because I'm not a moron, but also I hope this doesn't happen too often. Yeah. Tyrannocyte is listed with the icon for heavy support, but in the point list it is listed under dedicated transport. Oh. So which is it? We assumed it's a dedicated transport because of course. Um, Otherwise, they did duplicate page and then didn't change that. They, huh? abs- they absolutely did, and that was <laughs> in proofreading. Um, yes. and, and apparently, I mean, they did send out that codex to playtesters, uh, who some one of them who leaked it. Apparently, mm-hmm. good job, man. That was, I'm sure, that was worth all the internet clout you wanted. Uh, and and still, <laughs> nobody, no no one pointed out this little mistake enough to actually you know mention it somewhere. So I did have the Tyrannocyte, and what did I put in that Tyrannocyte but three Pyrovores? Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> because everybody hates Pyrovores, but for, I, I do have these three converted Pyrovore models that I adore, and they're they're good now. They're kind of good now. <laughs> I mean, they're, uh, I mean they're automatically hitting things, always good. No one hates that. Damage is damage is okay. I mean, they've got two profiles on the flame spurt. One of them for like high toughness thing, and something for like lower toughness thing. It's they're, they're even okay in close combat. They have the acid maw keywords so that you can use some of the stratagems attached to that. They explode when they die on a per model basis. <laughs> so it's like. Again, like exploding, death throws, all of that is always on the six, which is really weird because I have had way more than six of these things die over the last yeah, right. year, and they never, ever explode. I love when stuff explodes, man. It's so <sighs> dumb. What was but the um, – man, happens. one of – my most – because the uh, Sisters of Battle have a stratagem where you can make an emulator explode. So I had an emulator down to, you know, like – Three wounds left. Just drove it into the middle of my friend's army, and then and then yes. made a blow. <laughs> Perfect. We actually, um, sorry, this is a little tangent, but we did a, a big mega battle for one of my friend's birthdays uh, before the dark times, and um, my, one of uh, one of my uh, friends has a bunch of like uh, Deathcore Creek stuff, so he had a bunch of Cyclopses, and you know that's a little driving around bomb. It started a chain mm-hmm. reaction that blew up like four vehicles. It was <laughs> oof. That's the good stuff, man. See, this is the fun stuff. It's a bit swingy. I don't know that people like it in tournaments, but man, it's fun when it happens. People get so mad when your stupid rules work in a tournament. <laughs> they get so mad. Like the orc bomber that I didn't hit anything with 
for two days straight, except for the one game where the dude put all of his Chaos Space Marines in the middle of the thing, and I flew <laughs> over it and just, like, rolled hot fire. And I was like, well, sorry. But also, not sorry. Not sorry at all. So, uh, yeah, that... that... No apologies. That was the uh, that was the list I played with. It was it like any tournament goer will tell you this is the dumb list. Like oh, you're not synergizing. So, to f- but it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm I'm you, also sorry. I was gonna say, did you get to take advantage of the Gaunt's new extended attack range? Uh yes, yes. My Gaunt's performed very well. My my Gaunt's the new rules for Gaunt's. I took the beam off. Um, the the beam off hive tendril. Hmm. Faction sub faction, which is great. The um, <laughs> I did not use the hyper adaptation thing because again, very easy to forget rules. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I I gave my warlord, which was my hive tyrant, the uh, the relic that makes him <laughs> objective secure <laughs> <laughs> because we needed objective secure stuff here in in that game in that particular scenario. Um, where I was like, was an attacker defender thing. And I, I basically had to go plant a flag somewhere, which I assume is just vomiting a bunch of pheromones onto a point for Tyranids. But yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Like the, the, the Gaunts are, whew, oh boy, they are something now because the extended range, they're, they've got better weapons. They have better armor saves. They actually have some AP now. <laughs> like everything about them has been upgraded. And even the Hormagons, uh, the, the Termagons, I'm sorry, now they have some, like, their their basic flesh borers are something to be reckoned with. And you mm-hmm. can use a stratagem to extend their range and, and give them plus Ooh. one strength. So strength six, AP minus one, 24-inch flesh borers on a unit <laughs> of 20. Like, it's not huge. Like, it's, it's not like plasma or anything, but it is... It is extremely violent for such a cheap unit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, it's eight power level. It's like a ridiculously small amount of, of points. Everything about that is beautiful to me. Very cool. Yeah, it's, it's there's a lot of interesting... Uh, it feels like they're a really comp- uh, competitive army now, right? There's just a lot of new little tweaks and nuances. Um, especially, you know, I love that they put just put Screamer Killers in there now. As their own mm-hmm. separate unit, a big uh, mm-hmm. ten attack Carnifex. Yeah, Thornbacks and the Screamer Killers have been their own unit for like since since the previous Codex, but now it feels like more like of a solidified difference. It's uh, it, it's interesting. You can build like units of up to like three of those Carnifexes, I believe, per. So it's they're 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 not unstoppable, but they are much better than used to be, and that's good. And they like, are scary. Screamer killers are movement ten. Like this, is... and they have ten uh, strength, six attacks, three damage, minus three AP. Nothing, nothing to sneeze at. Um, oh no, no, they're they're everything about those guys are be- is beautiful. I was sad to see that they took out the red terror though, just because I used to like swallowing models whole. I know, but I mean, look, you still have the uh, you still have a Harrowspec that can do something somewhat similar. And that was a real. That was probably one of the oldest models in the Trinidad range, anyway. Um, I still have one of them unbuilt and unpainted, and now even if I do put it together, I won't be able to use it. So that's that's a tragedy. 
But all in all, like I was super stoked to be able to play one of the new codexes on the day yeah. of re- release. And I have a huge army, so I only tested a very small portion of the units that are avail- available to me. And all of it was a lot of fun. The game was super long because none of us knew our rules very well. And we're just kind of like, we don't get to play very often. Uh, there was a bit of a pandemic that kept us from getting doing that kind of thing. Mm. And we still want to remain kind of careful. So, um, but at the same time, it, it, it's great to be able to get into games. We may have started with a larger point count than we should have to sort of get back and learn the rules. But is like it was like jumping into in the deep end of the pool to learn to to swim. It was uh it it was worth it that way. And as always, the codex has uh plenty of plenty of rules, really interesting crusade rules. Very interesting crusade uh, rules. You're you're infecting a planet and and eating everything, which is you know what tyrants do. On uh, brand. Even separates it into different stages: invasion, predation, and consumption. So. Um, and lots of, you know, I always like Tyranid Codexes a little better because the painted stuff, you know, the, obviously there's lots of vibrant colors when it comes to Tyranids, depending on how they paint them. They have, uh, they have a, a showcase of Eddie Eccles, uh, Tyranids, and they yeah. are wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie paints colorful things. Like his orcs are very yellow and his Tyranids are very green, very tropical. <laughs> They look very cool and um, super poisonous. <laughs> Only unit that was lost, like I said, was the Red Terror, but you got a, got a few new units in there, the Parasite, and then at least separating things out and giving them their own special abilities. Um, so another, another great codex. Uh, you know, Hopefully we'll see a campaign book with, with some huge beastie in there at some point. But Hopefully, hopefully our games... I mean, it was a disappointment to see, to not get like a huge dominatrix. One of the things that people are going to be maybe a little uh, taken aback with is the redistribution of units uh, all over the different uh, troop, uh, not troop choices, but force organization charts. Mm-hmm. Like gargoyles are troop choices now. They've moved, uh, I think it's hive guards to heavy support. They've... I think they've moved the Toxic Queen is now an elite. Like there's a lot of these things. The the Trigon Prime is a, is an HQ. Trigon is a, is a fast attack instead of being uh, heavy support. Like everything. Like these tiers are elites now, which is, <laughs> makes hmm, my life un. Like they're they're an elite and they went from being a five to twenty unit to now they're a five to ten unit, which means I have hmm. more these tiers than I can field in a regular army. <laughs> Oh yeah, Ripper swarms are troops now. They used to be tro- uh, sorry, they're fast attack, right? They used to yeah, be troops. They used to be troops. Interesting. Yeah, there, there's they've they've moved things around a lot. There's they have several parasites on uh, living artillery units, which took me a while to figure out. Those are spore mines and Euclid spores, and they spend a lot of time talking about two units. And I don't know if I'll ever take. But okay. <laughs> I once saw a game at my store that did dumb things with spore mines and. <laughs> Like, there was a lot, it was, you, you know that picture of the guy that made the line of crutes, right? And there's a yeah. lot of people looking at books to see if this is working out. They were all, I mean, it was just a friendly game, you know what I mean? So, like, it, it really did. But there was a lot of book looking, being like, there's no way this could, <laughs> there's no way this is right. Um, it was dumb, and it was, like, the utter definition of the one-trick pony, but it, it worked. <laughs> it was just, like, spore mines. That's funny. Everywhere. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I I remember reading about being able to take like you take uh, three sporocysts, you put them in uh, strategic places all over the table, and then you put spore mines and mucolid spores everywhere else. Yeah, <laughs> and then your enemy has really nowhere Nothing. to go, <laughs> which is great. Um, yeah, no, it's listen. I, another thing that made me like I don't have one. Well, I own the model, but I don't have one built and ready. But it did make me take a, another look at the Tyrannofax. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna need one of those. <laughs> Fill up some holes in my army list. And there's a lot, you know, if you're a Tyrannian player, definitely pay close attention because there's a lot of, uh, you know, like if you take a, if you're Battle forged, and if you have Gene Stealers, right, you get a Broodlord for free, which is kind of interesting. And uh, Scything Talons are plus one attack. Uh, not, I think they used to be prepared, but I think it's just each one gets one now. Each Scything Talon gets an extra attack. So, uh, you know, a lot of minor changes that you might not realize are in there too, which gives the uh, gives the army a little more punch. Yeah, it's if anything I can take from my experience is that Tyranids do feel very tyranid e like i it felt like a swarm my big guys felt like big guys like everything it it's very ethereal it's not it's a terrible <laughs> terrible review of things but uh it felt right excellent well and, and the, the great thing about the tyranid codex is they still uh they keep all the different options in there right so it really feels like you can sort of uh genetically adapt your own high fleet Right, so acid maws, extended carapace, flesh hooks, all, all the stuff that genes are used to be able to take, you can still take them. They did uh, maybe cut it down a little bit. Um, well, there, there's a lot of tiny things yeah. that are no longer part of the basic rules of a unit. Like a good example is they take they took out the the venom spit from gargles. Like it's no longer mm. part of their unit rule. However, they do have a they do have a stratagem that allows them to use that. So you can use you can pay a CP to do something I haven't read <laughs> that's basically based on that ability, which is like it's pro and con. Like it's pro in the sense that you still keep a character of these things. It's con in the way that oh man, I need to learn all these freaking stratagems now, and there is a pile. That yeah, being said, just. So we can move on from the Tyranids. One thing I did do was play with the uh, the card pack, data card pack. Ooh, I was mm -hmm. going to ask, yeah. I haven't played with a data card pack in a while because I haven't had the opportunity. Like the, the last one I did, like I said, was AdMech, and it's a fine data card pack, but it there's a lot it didn't have. Uh, it, it's very simple. Like you've got stratagems, I think, and maybe I maybe. <sighs> You know the 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 chance of the Omnissiah or whatever, but this one has everything. You've got That's you've great. got your psychic powers, of course. You've got your stratagems, of course. But you've also got the uh, the hive link powers. Every little detail, everything that you think you would need to distribute amongst your models and to to figure out your army is part of that data card set. And I haven't cracked open. A data card set in a while so i don't know if they're all like that but if they are they're a much better value than i thought they was yeah they're getting much better with that the the recent sisters release uh ninth edition had all the different um like the cards for they had cards for the six blessings you get to choose every game so they're getting way better with including more of the options that were definitely missing before right it used to just be stratagems and uh psychic powers 
Right. When you played JF, did you use the Tempest of War pack? Tempest of War pack that we got? Or just pick a scenario out of the book? I'm sorry, what? When you played, did you use the <laughs> Tempest of War pack of cards that we got? Or did you just pick a scenario out of the book? I actually, we picked a scenario out of a Crusade book. Oh, nice. Um, so I'm just looking for exactly what we did. I had post, I posted about it on, on our Facebook page, but essentially it's, let me just dig it out and you might want to edit that once I found that. Why oh, time has already been noted. <laughs> Thank you. Very far more efficient than I am. They've been shuffling stuff around with the codexes while well, you look at that. Uh, anyway, but, you know, like uh, Dire Avengers are no longer troops for Eldar and Eldari. And, you know, so they've been still doing the shuffle around. I think they're just trying to find, you know, what fits where to make it a little more balanced out. So, yeah, it was uh, the mission was Forlorn Hope from mm -hmm. the Containment Crusade mission pack. Cool. And I was the attacker, which meant uh, I was I was also facing. I had a hundred power levels of Tyranids, and I was facing fifty power levels of Grey Knights and fifty power levels of Imperial Fists. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Don't even worry about it. You're okay. It's not a problem. The I mean, we sh we it would have wouldn't have killed us to choose our scenario before we met up to play it. Yeah. Because uh, one part, like part of the scenario kind of involves having fortifications and mm -hmm. none of us had any of those. So that that kind of fell through. But the rest of the scenario, like how to control the objectives and the deployment rules, like worked really fine. And it was it, it was a fine game. Um, I did very well and I won. <laughs> That's all that matters, right? That's my understanding. <laughs> That's all that matters. Oh no, I've, I've, I, it's my understanding that you, we spend all this time building these models so that we can, for a very brief moment in our lives, claim victory over a friend. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm looking forward to trying the the Tempest of War card pack. Yeah. Good things about it, right? And the pack comes with all the cards and tokens you need to make a, just pull a mission out of thin air. Which is fun, because, I mean, like, that's that's kind of part of the fun of, like, Warcry. Yeah. Right? As you just, like, flip some cards, and, all right, great, this is what we're doing. Love and, that. And in last edition, the open war cards were great, which is basically yes. what this is for, for ninth edition. But this one actually has a bunch of tokens in there and stuff, so you can do all the different missions if they pop up. So They also um, very smartly named it something different, so that if, say, you yes. have two uh editions worth of open war cards and you now no longer know which is which <laughs> um you don't have that probably more i like them big too which is nice yeah they're, they're like easier to read across tables. yeah all right well that was the tyranny codex guys you got anything else before we wrap up no i think that i think that's everything no, we, 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 I mean, we've got the some cool shows coming. coming up. Yeah. This is the problem. No, calm down. Tyranid was good stuff for me. No, I'm no, very no. happy Tyranid about was good that. Stuff. I am not backing down from my appreciation of the Tyranid's <laughs> Codex and everything involved. No, and I appreciate hearing about it. I'm just saying there is also good stuff coming. I mean, there's just, 
the uh, the Adepticon preview hinted at some really kick-ass things coming our way. Uh, we don't talk about it much, but I'm really excited about the new uh, Underworld set coming out soon. How excited to put in my pre-order. And mm. they snuck in the undead guys also. You're just the under the radar. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, by the way, we didn't yeah, forget them. Here you go. <laughs> new set. Oh, by the way, here's these guys too. I was like, well, here goes $42. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... Look, I know, I know the internet tends to disagree, but I think it's a great time to be a Warhammer 40k fan. Such a good fan. time, sure. Such a good time. Games Workshop <laughs> fan in general. Yeah. Um, lots of good stuff coming. Thank you uh, for listening. Please head over to our social medias. Let us know what you thought of the Tyranid Codex. Post your Parasite of Mortex. Um, let us know what you think might show up in the League of Voltan, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to 40K Radio, part of the Free Buddhas Network. You can contact us via email at hosts at 40kradio.com or on the Free Buddhas Forum. Please check out the other podcasts on the Free Buddhas Network. Until next time, remember that in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war and cookies.